0: This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. you to be a whole person we th- we believe wholly and fully that god wants you to be a whole person and so we want to teach how help you to be a whole person through christ and we're going to look at some biblical concepts and some biblical things they're going to help you go from being strapped to being free and uh last week we kind of started this series and we dove in and we talked about this verse in proverbs it was in proverbs 22 verse 7 it says the rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. The rich rule over the poor, you know, rich people, they seem to be in charge or whatever, but the borrower is servant to the lender, and we looked at the word servant last week, and we looked at the Greek definition of that, and it means to be in bondage. It means to be a slave, and and a lot of people, they find themselves in a situation in life where they're in bondage, and they're in a slave to this thing called debt, And, and now nobody walks around and says like, hey, I'm a slave to money, or I'm a slave to this, or I'm in debt to this. We don't walk around and do that. We say it a lot differently. We say things like, and, and we insinuate this thing by saying, you know what, man, I would love to get married, but I just can't afford to do that right now. You know, I would love to buy a bigger house, but, you know, we've got, you know, we're pretty much maxed out on this house. I don't think we could sell it. And then how would we ever afford another house? And, and, and so we're saying things like that. And maybe some of you single people are out there and say, man, I would love to marry her, but I can't afford that engagement ring. And what you're essentially saying is, is that I've found myself in such a predicament in life that I'm strapped, that I'm stuck in this place, that I'm a slave to the finances that are around me, and I understand we got to have uh, boundaries and different things. But a lot of us we're a slave because we've acquired debt, we've acquired things that have that have handcuffed us from doing the very thing that God wants to do in each in every one of our lives. And we also talked about last week that that Jesus said this very very profound statement in Matthew chapter six. He says, "Listen, you can't serve God." And he didn't say power, he didn't say relationships, he didn't say sex, he didn't say, you know, uh, yourself. He said, listen, there's one thing that is always going to come against you that's going to be like a barrier, that's going to be this this divide that you're going to be battling all your life. He said, you can't serve God and money. And that was just a profound thing the first time I read that. Like, why of all the things that Jesus could say, why would he say money? I mean, there's so many other things that I would choose Beyond that, but what Jesus knew that we don't necessarily know ourselves is that he knew that money would be the number one competitor for our heart. Our stuff is the number one competitor of our relationship with Jesus. And so he said, man, there is this thing called stuff that is going to be competing for who you are all the time. And so as Christians, we looked at some principles and we talked about this whole idea that, you know, we don't serve money. If we're in debt, we found out that, you know what, we probably are a servant to money because we're in debt, we're, we're engaged in a relationship where we've got to repay that and all of a sudden they've become our master because they control us because we're in bondage to that thing. But we, we started with this principle of this idea that we don't serve money, we serve God. God is our ultimate, we don't serve money because what we also talked about was the fact that uh, money serves us, it's a tool for us as we serve God. And so the goal of, of all this series is for us to realize, man, that these finances, that this wealth that God has given us, the, the resources that God has given us isn't so we can just acquire it, So it can be a resource. It can show the fruit of our life of where we rely and where we stand with God. And I feel it's so important for us to really get this and really understand it because it is going to be critical as we move forward to a lost and dying world that they see whole people. And so what I want to do today is I just kind of wanna I wanna I wanna talk and, and I, I'm just gonna kind of call this like act your wage and you know I know that nobody really enjoys talking about their wages um, you know it's it's what you trade for your time but but a lot of us we don't act our wage we act like something else and and I want to start with a concept that was. Um, that was in the early 1900s that, you know, is actually going to probably blow some of your minds. In fact, if if you um, if you have parents that were part of the Great Depression or grandparents that were part of the Great Depression, they totally understand this concept because this is how life was uh, before that and, and afterwards somewhere it changed. But they live by this principle that we should probably live by today, but somewhere has gotten lost. And, and this is the principle. If you don't have money to buy something you want, you don't buy it. It's pretty profound. If you don't have the money to buy something that you want, don't buy it. Now, I know some of y'all are like scratching your heads. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like if I want something, MasterCard and Visa, they let me buy whatever, but this wasn't the principle they lived by. They said, listen, if you don't have cash in hand, you don't get anything. And that's like a foreign concept to us because what does everything tell us today? 0% financing for 60 months. 60 months. No money down. Everything is telling us, no, the exact opposite. In fact, if you were to go back and you were to look at the realities of of the 1920s, um, you would see that right before the Great Depression, that statistics, 2% of people in America had mortgages on their home. Fast forward 40 years to 1960, 2%... Of people in America didn't have a mortgage on their home so in the process of 40 years we went from pretty much a debt-free society to a society that was in bondage to some stuff if that doesn't if that doesn't grab a hold of you that should grab a hold of you because that is the reality of where we are, and see, what happened is, is, is we kind of got this entitlement mentality somewhere along the way, and it, it wasn't just for one generation. It was from generation to generation to generation. What happened is at some point, somebody in their 20s or 30s said they looked at their parents and saw what they had acquired over the lifetime of their life and said, I should have that right now. And because I want that right now, I'm just gonna go get it and I'm gonna get it at whatever the cost is. And so what we have today is we have 23-year-olds that are looking at their 50 and 60-year-old parents and seeing the house that they've acquired over the lifetime of their life and saying, I want that right now and I deserve that right now. I want to take the same vacations, I want to live in the same lifestyle, I want to drive the same cars. And what we found ourselves is is we're a bunch of posers. We're a bunch of fakers. Acting like we got it all together, acting like we got all this stuff, but the reality is, is that we might look like it on the outside, but on the inside we are strapped to the hilt. In fact, Proverbs talks about this very plainly in Proverbs thirteen seven. It says, one man pretends to be what? It said, one man pretends to be rich. We got a lot of pretenders out there. And It says, yet he has nothing. One man pretends to be rich. But yet, that person has nothing. And we got three kinds of people here in America today. We have the haves, we have the have-nots, and we have the have-not paid for what they gots. And all of us can find ourselves in one of those categories. We either have it, we don't have it because we don't have the cash, or we got it, but we haven't paid for it yet. And we're wondering why we're not living to the full potential that God has for our lives because we're trying to live out Something in our lives that, we've, that we're faking it in. And so today I just want to talk about some, some essential principles that are some biblical values that not just apply to our finances, but I believe apply to every aspect of our life. But I'm going to particularly talk about them in regards to our finances today. And so what we're going to do is we're just going to look at these three things. And, and the first one is this, is we have got to embrace the value of self-control. Everybody say self-control. Boy, that was you guys were convicted in that. I could tell like passionate everybody say self-control. self-control okay i saw one guy over here didn't say it. let's say it one more time everybody say self-control. self-control okay all of you guys said it now self-control proverbs twenty five twenty eight. it says this like a city whose walls are broken down is the man who lacks self-control Basically what the Bible is saying there, if you don't have self-control in your finances, you're like a person whose city walls are broken down. What it means is that basically you are defenseless in life. You are vulnerable to debt. You're invulnerable to being strapped. You're vulnerable to just being taken. And you will continually give in to the attacks of the enemy because you don't have self-control. And if you know this in life, if you look around, people that don't have self-control typically are in a lot of trouble in life, aren't they? Think about some of your worst moments in life. They're probably moments where you didn't have self-control. Where you said, oh, you know what, I'm just going to let it slide this time. I don't, I don't need to do that. Self-control is really easy to uh, identify or lack thereof. If, if you want to know what uh, like a non-self-control person looks like, just go to Walmart on a Saturday afternoon after soccer games and t-ball and all that stuff's over with, and you see a mom shopping with her child, and just go stand by the toy aisle. And uh, a lack of self-control is is when that child and that mom passes by in their their shopping cart, and that kid sees something they want, what do they do with a child that lacks self-control? They throw a freaking fit, don't they? I want it, and I want it now! And they're screaming, they're making a scene. Why? Because they lack self-control. The reality is, is a lot of us, we have that inner child still in us, and it's lacking self-control in that diamond ring, and in that new car, and in that bigger house, and we're saying, I want it, and I want it now, and we find ourselves in some tough predicaments, and ladies and gentlemen, man, that, that inner child probably lives within every single one of us in some aspect when it comes to our finances. And so I just want to talk to the ladies for a little bit. I want to talk to the guys for a little bit. And, and we're just going to talk about this because this is an area that, that people struggle in, specifically in the, in the sexes. And so, ladies, let me talk to you because um, you, you, you nickel and you dime and you quarter to death. And what I mean by that is, is women aren't big spenders. They're like, hey, I need that belt. Hey, I need a pair of shoes, and, and I need to go buy um, this blouse that's going to match all this. And listen, it's 20% off, and so I'm saving money. Listen, ladies, last time I checked, not spending money is saving money, not getting a sale. Yeah, all the guys were laughing at that. So. But that's the reality, nickel and dime. Now, guys, they're a little bit different. God's are way different than that. We don't, we don't nickel and dime anything. That's not how we roll. We'll just roll up with a brand new Chevy and a boat on the back. Be like, hey, babe, check out what I got. You know, and, and we're big spenders. We, we don't nickel and dime anything. We won't spend a dime. We're saving up for the big purchase. And we find ourselves with these huge, huge items that we've acquired. And what I've learned is that, man, we've got to have self-control, which means we've got to say no. Let's just all practice. Everybody say No. Come on, say it like you mean it, you know. Come on, say no. no. Man, listen, some of y'all, if y'all say no like that, you're going to end up pregnant by midnight tonight. <laughs> I know that's totally inappropriate, but... Come on, say no. no. See, there was a little bit more attitude from some ch- some ladies in here. You, you have to? Okay, that's cool, yeah, so... You know, I, I, we had to learn how to say no. We we told our story about how in the first year of our marriage, we'd acquired about $25,000 of consumer debt. Um, and, and so we, we looked at our lives, and we said, man, we've got to do something different, we've got to change, we've got to, we got, we got really focused, we got laser focused, we got crazy, we said, you know what, we're going to drive paid-for cars, which meant I was driving a 1994 Taurus station wagon, primer gray, no lights working, but it was paid-for cash, $200, two $100 bills paid for that mug, and I drove it for almost two years before it died on me, And and we would just live crazy, we lived with our grandparents, so we could save money to pay off debt, we just got extreme in that, but in the midst of that my wife is is a nickel and dimer that's what she does she doesn't buy big things she buys little things and and so i i was helping her say no in those times and so it was no more blouses it was no more shopping but there was always this one thing that would always kind of get her and that was shoes you know and and you know oh yeah some of you are already sympathetic that's messed up okay um so she would, she would, you know, we'd go dream about like, what life would be like when we were out of debt, and so she would see shoes, and eventually we'd get, for some reason, we'd get separated, and I would find her, and she would have like a bag, and I'd be like, babe, what's in the bag? And she'd be like, some, some shoes, they were just so cute, you know, I just, they were, they were my size. i said, like, that's because you tried on your size, you know, and so, and so we're like, you need to take those back, but, but babe, and, and finally we learned how to say no. No, we can't have those things right now while we're trying to get ourselves out of debt. Now let, let's everybody say no again. No. Okay, now now let, let's practice ladies. Here here's a question for you. I mean, honestly, do you really need to get your nails done twice a month? No. That was extremely pathetic. I'm just telling you. <laughs> extremely pathetic. The answer is no, okay? Listen, I'm going to, ladies, I'm going to give you some insight right now. Insight right now. No dude is walking up and being like, dang, did you see that girl's nails? <laughs> Man, those stripes for those, Oh, did you see the Svorsky's crystal on there? Do you think that was homegrown? I mean, like no dude is walking up and saying that, okay? Like he's not checking out your nails. <laughs> That's messed up. <laughs> need to learn to say no. <laughs> I'll talk to guys, too. Listen, guys, do you really need to play golf twice a month? No. That's right. No, no, you don't. Listen, parents, does your 12-year-old really need an iPhone 5? I know some of you guys are like, well, they do. I mean, that's like child abuse if I don't give them one. No, it's like, no, it's, it's okay. You can say no. Like do you really need to go buy a new car that's going to depreciate 20% the minute you drive it off the lot? No. And listen, listen to what I'm saying here. I'm not saying you can't do listen. If you're out of debt, if you want to go get your nails painted a different color every day and you can afford to do that, I'm all for that. If if you can afford to go play golf 5 times a week and you're out of debt, I'm like have at it. But if you're in debt and you're doing that stuff, you're just stupid. Straight up, you're a slave because you want now what you don't have money to pay for. And so we've got to learn some self-control. And here's what I really want you to understand. You have to say no for a little while so you can say yes for the rest of your life. That right there is good. And some of you guys need to hear that today. You need to say no right now so you can say yes for the rest of your life. Because if you want to have a life like no one else, you got to live like no one else. And if you're living like everybody else, you know what you're going to end up? You're going to end up like the average American that's up to their eyeballs in debt and just stuck, strapped, in bondage, a slave. Second thing there is we have to embrace the value of sacrifice. It's one common theme throughout Scripture, and it's this idea of of sacrifice. And uh, Hebrews 12, 2 says this, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, What was the joy that was set before Jesus? What was that thing that, it was the joy of pleasing God and knowing that you and I would have access to God through the death of Christ and his resurrection. It was the joy set before Jesus that what, man, he could endure the cross. He made the sacrifice, the brutal sacrifice, so that he could have something he wanted more than what he currently had. And my definition, and uh, something our church really embraces, our definition of sacrifice is, is, is really this. It's giving up something you love for something you love even more. And some of you guys, you need to give some things up for some things that you love even more out there today. For some of you, you know what that is? It's, it's that, you know what, you, you love going home after work and, and turning on the TV and watching some cable television. Man, it's it's a big part of your life. It's relaxing. You really love doing that. But you know what you, what you love even more or what you would like even more than that is you'd like to have Christmas this year and not be paying for it in April. And so because you love that even more, you love the idea of, like, I'm not going to be paying for Christmas for the next two years. I'm going to go without cable, which I love, and I'm going to sacrifice so that I can have a debt-free Christmas this year and I can give my kids great gifts and not have to be worrying about how I'm going to pay for it January, February, March, and April. That's called sacrifice. It may be for some of you guys that are out there. You're married, and and uh, your 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 family is growing and it's getting bigger. and And you're saying to your spouse, "Man, we need a bigger house. We need a bigger house. We're having more kids, and these kids are getting bigger, and they're getting in our hair. Man, we'd love to have a bigger house, but at the same point, you would like for your spouse to stay home and and raise their kids at a young age. And so, because you like you love that even more, you say, "You know what? We're going to hold off on the bigger house, so I don't have to work, so I can stay home and raise my kids the way I want to raise them." For some of you, it's going to be, you know what? Do I really have to have a $4 cup of coffee every day? I really love that. I mean, it's important to me. It's very good. But is it the best thing? Because what I'd really rather have is I'd rather have my car paid off. And if I do without that cup of coffee every day, you know what that is? Is that means I can pay my car off like that, and that way I'm not going to have that debt in my life? Maybe for some of you, it's it's uh, the fact that, you have some school debt. I know a lot of students that are coming from FAU and Liberty and all these different schools, FIU all over the place here, and they've got all this school debt, and they're saying, man, I've got all this school debt over my head. I don't know what I'm going to do. And, and, and you say, but I really enjoy eating out every day. Like I love lunch. I love going and getting a Happy Meal and supersizing it and all that stuff. And 10 bucks later, man, you're spending that money. But what I'd love even more is to be out of debt. And so you're going to brown paper bag it so you can be debt-free in your school loans. In fact, I found this statistic this week that said um, that if you were to brown paper bag it for your working years, you would save in the neighborhood of cash of $112,000. Yeah, wow is right. Like that's a, that's a, a small apartment in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> I think the problem for a lot of us is, is a lot of us are going into life and we're asking the wrong questions. We're going into situations and we're saying, how much a month is this and, and, and how long am I going to have to pay for? When we should be going into situations and saying, what is this going to cost me in the long run? Because we've become such an instantaneous society, we've forgotten how to sacrifice. And we don't look at the long-term cost, we only look at the short-term gain. And it costs us way more than we ever thought or we ever imagined what it would be like. And, uh, you know, this, this is going to be really powerful for some of you guys that are, that are younger. If you can learn some of these principles that we're going to talk about today, it will radically transform your financial future. You won't have to go through some of the things that your parents are going through because, listen, they don't teach this stuff at school. They don't teach it at college. Everything they teach you is more, more, more. Not less, less, less. Not living with margin. Not living uh, intentionally. They say, just go for it. Get whatever you want. And that's the wrong solution. That's why we talked about two weeks ago the fact that the average American has $14,517 and some change in debt. That's a lot of debt. That's consumer debt. And what we fail to realize, if you're looking at your notes, um, that is, if you were to look at that and just say that you have an 18% interest rate on that $14,517. At 18%, if you were to pay the minimum payment on that of $217.93 um, over the lifetime of that loan, do you know what that's going to cost you? It's going to cost you $104,000. Like how do you end up with fourteen grand of debt? You take a trip to Disney with your kids. Seriously, if you've ever been, it's expensive. <laughs> or you went shopping a few too many times at Nordstrom's or Macy's or Big Lots. I don't care where it is. It all adds up. But was that fourteen grand really worth that one hundred and four dollars that you, you're going to end up spending? Because that's what most of us are on track for. If we're talking about the realities of life. I figured that this wouldn't be like a lot of amens in this message because this is practical Christianity. This is practical living and we need some practical living because we a lot of us, we're living in la la land like, oh, I can do whatever I want. It's going to be okay. No, it's not. That's why you're in the predicament that you're in today is because you've been living without. Some clarity in things. Some other, well, now let me give you a couple other quick things here with that. You know, if you were to take that fourteen grand that you had in debt, and instead of going out and, and buying a trip to Disney, say you saved for the next year or two years or three years, and you were to save up that money, and, and you were just to just acquire that money, and if you were just to invest that at 12% and, and just let that rod for the next 40 years, just like you would have paid on that payment, you'll end up just a good investment somewhere in the neighborhood of like $1.3 million dollars. That's ridiculous. How many of y'all would like to have $1.3 million in 40 years? A couple of us, okay. The rest of y'all, I don't know what's up with y'all. You, you guys continue to play Powerball, okay? But here's the scarier thing. The next one is, is that if you were to take that 14 dollars and that minimum payment that you were making anyways, which is $217 and some change, and you were to invest that as well, at the end of that forty-three years, so you have fourteen grand that you start with, and then you invest two hundred seventeen dollars for the rest of every month. You just put in two hundred seventeen dollars. You have something like three point five million, almost three point six million dollars. And I know some of you guys are statistically well. You're not going to get twelve percent in this market. Okay, fine. You get six percent. You only end up with two point five million. It's better than what you got right now, isn't it? The reality is, is that. The church has avoided this subject because we think, oh, church is always after your money. No, I want you to, I want you to be able to go home and like pay your bills so you don't fight with your white wife every night. I don't want you to have to worry about taking a job that is going to be a dead-end job because you just have to pay bills and it's not what you're called to do. But you have to because you're strapped. And until we learn this idea of self-discipline, until we learn some of these concepts, we're going to continue to go through and not make sacrifices and not have self-control and end up strapped to where we don't have any choices in life. And you know what? God has given us incredible choices. And it's our choice to either live strapped or to get out of it. And so what I, want, I think we have to do is we have to embrace the value of planning. And we got to get a plan. Luke 14, 28 says this, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? You know, for a lot of us, we're just going to the store and saying, man, I'd really love to have that TV. And we don't ever count the cost to see if we can even afford it. We're going and buying that 90-inch Samsung TV and and putting it up on our 8x8 wall, and it doesn't even fit. We've never counted the cost. We're just, I want that. Here's what we need to learn. Proverbs 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit. As surely as haste leads to poverty. Surely as haste leads to poverty. Here's the deal that I've discovered. It's really easy to wander into debt. It's really hard to wander out. Listen, you can not have any intentions of getting into debt, and you can get there instantaneously. I've found virtually nobody that just, by happenstance, gets out of debt. Nobody just like, oh, I'm totally debt-free. I didn't do anything. No, it comes with a plan. What I'd love to do here is I'd love to explain how to create a budget and do all those things, but that's a little bit time-consuming. Um, but what I would recommend is, is you go buy some books and learn. I think if you were not willing to invest $20 in yourself, um, you're probably not going to find your way out of debt. So I'd, I'd encourage you to to go buy Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover. It's one of the greatest financial books you can ever read. And it's it's like finances for dummies. That's what I call it. It's, it's brilliant. Also, Joe Sangles has a book called I Was Broke, Now I'm Not. Two books that I've read that have helped me a ton in my life, in my financial life. We also... Because we want you to be a whole person. If you need help in your finances, man, we have financial counseling at our church. And so if you need help, man, write on that information card. Give us your information. We'll call you. We'll help you set up a time where you can come in. And we'll help you create a budget. We'll help you figure out how to get out of debt and and take steps to get you financially healthy. Because we want you to be whole. But what I want to do today is, is I, want to, I want to give you a couple of quick things of, of what are like a couple things that you need to do today um, to start with. What are some steps that you need to take today to start with? The first one is this, is you need to start an emergency fund which has $1,000 in it. You need to start an emergency fund that has $1,000 in it because you know what, something is going to break in your life. It's probably going to be your refrigerator or your washer and dryer or your air conditioner. Something is going to break. Your car is going to end up with a flat tire. Little Johnny's going to take a marble and stuff it up his nose, and you're going to have to go to the doctor. Something's going to happen. And now some of you guys are like, well, well where am I going to get $1,000? I don't know. Craigslist? Ebay, you're going to be selling some junk. You're going, to, maybe you're going to take a job, you know, a second job delivering pieces. I don't know where you're going to get it. Maybe you're going to become an extreme couponer, not honor, coupons, right? Ladies, no fifty percent off Brazilian butt waxes. That isn't a that isn't saving money. That's spending money. <laughs> Save thousand dollars. Second thing. We're going to do the debt snowball. Do the debt snowball. And uh, what I want to do is I just want to show you um, how you do that. It's something financial legend, Dave Ramsey. This is is what he's all about. This is what he teaches everybody. I think it's one of the most critical things. It's not that I haven't taught this before, but I think we need to get it because a lot of people listen to this, and they don't get it. They don't do it, and it's really the easiest thing. And so basically we have a chart up here. Um, this shows our debt. So we so we went to Lowe's one day and uh, we went and spent, in the second column there, we went and spent $450 on power tools that we thought we'd use, but we never really figured out how to use them. So they've sat in our garage for the last three years. And we've had a minimum payment of $50 that we've been paying on them. Uh, the next one there is, you know, Target. Um, maybe you're pregnant and you went to Target and it was just one of those bad days and you saw some shoes and a blouse and then you saw a necklace and then you needed some ice cream and pickles because, you know, it was one of those days. and And, you know, you went crazy and you spent six hundred fifty dollars and your minimum payment is thirty dollars and then your parents you know one day your air conditioner broke and you didn't have a thousand dollar emergency fund so you had to go borrow some money from your parents and so they gave you an interest-free loan at six hundred bucks and you're paying them two hundred dollars a month and so so what you're going to do how you do the debt snowball is is you go and find two hundred dollars per month two hundred dollars extra Maybe it's a second job, maybe it's you're your selling plasma at the, the blood bank. I mean, I've done it before, it's it's good money. Um, you know, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to find some extra money per month. And you do that, and, and instead of putting that in your pocket or going and buying some $4 lattes, instead you say, you know what, on, on that Lowe's, Debt. I mean, I'm paying fifty dollars a month. I'm gonna put that two hundred dollars towards it, and all of a sudden, you're paying two hundred fifty dollars, and that four hundred and fifty dollar debt is paid off in two months. And then instead of saying, "Man, I've accomplished," what you do is you take that two hundred fifty dollars you were spending, which is that fifty and two hundred, and you add it to your target payment, which was thirty dollars. So now you're paying two hundred thirty dollars or two hundred eighty dollars on your target bill, and all of a sudden, man, that's paid off in three months. So in, in in about five months. You've paid off two of those things. And then you go and you take that that $280 and you add it to the $200 that you're paying your parents and all of a sudden that's $480. Mom and dad are paid off in three months and everybody is happy. Like you can have family dinners again without your parents trying to choke you. And you continue to do that. And what happens is, is, is instead of that, like normally if you were just to, to make some minimum payments there, On those things right there, that debt, it would take you about 120 months to pay that off. Making minimum payments. That's 10 years of your life. For some ice cream, some pickles, a blouse that you don't even know where it is anymore. Some power tools that dudes you haven't used in years. But if you were to do the debt snowball, instead of that taking 120 months, you know how many it's going to take? It's going to take 21. Less than two years. You save 99 months of paying debt. I mean, you went from 10 years of paying debt to less than two. That is crazy. Now, just think about this. If you were to take that $1,100, which is $1,110, which is what it would have been at the end was at your final payment as you're paying per month, you're used to paying that. And if you were to take that and invest it at 8% interest for the 99 months that you would have originally paid, at the end of that 99 months at 8%, which is not out, outrageous, very doable in this economy, you're going to have like hundred and fifty grand. You know what 150 grand will buy you? It'll buy you a two-bedroom nothing in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> but it's a lot better than the nothing you have right now. And for a lot of us today, man, we've we got to get this area of our life in order. We've got to get this stuff figured out. And I pray that, man, this stuff fires you up, that, man, it lights something inside of you because you've got to live a different way. We're supposed to be in this world but not of this world. That means we don't do everything the way everybody else does it. We've got to be weird. We've got to do some things differently. And I know it's weird to live debt-free. I know it's weird not to have credit cards. Well, you know what? You can do it, and I'm living proof of that you can do this. If you'll get focused and you'll get weird and you'll get just on fire to say, you know what? I'm gonna get a plan. I'm gonna live sacrificially. I'm not gonna spend crazily, but I'm man, I'm gonna live this way. You'll do this fast. And it'll radically transform your life. And what I fear the most is that people come in here and they listen to something like this and they say to themselves, I could never do that. And why that? makes me so upset and so sad is because you can. It's just a choice that you have to make. You're missing out on the purpose and the plans that God has for you because you're not willing to live differently for a little short period of time. If you want to live a life that no one else has lived, you've got to live like no one else has ever lived. That means you've got to sacrifice today so you can live courageously tomorrow. You know, two weeks ago, we, we ended with this scripture that said, let no debt remain outstanding except the continual debt of love. That is the only debt we should have, is the debt of the sacrifice that Christ gave on the cross. See, the only thing we should live our life trying to repay is the greatest gift that he could ever give. He's giving his life as a ransom for all of us in the midst of our debt. I so today will you choose to live differently? Today will you make a choice that I'm not going to live the way that I've always lived? I'm not going to charge it. I'm not going to uh, hope that I can pay for that someday. Man, I'm, I'm going to live how God intended me to live, and that's taking care of the things that I'm responsible for. living above reproach. It's not being in bondage. It's not being a slave. It's not being strapped to anything but Christ in my life. Let's pray. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv.